Hey, welcome to the In Between Podcast, a place where I, Ayek, and friends unpack our experiences as Africans in the diaspora, figuring out our faith, love, finances, and everything in between the now and the next. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the In Between Podcast. My name is Ayek, and I'm the host of this very joyous ride. If you're listening to this, it's probably Valentine's Day or after Valentine's Day. Hey, I'm trying to figure out like what the whole thing is. I feel like maybe I should just keep my episodes to holidays because remember the Christmas episode came out and then I waited two months to come up with another episode. To be honest, y'all, life has been lifing. Life has been a lot, but we're going to get into that. If you're watching online or if you get any clips online, it's giving ambiance. I'm giving you red and white. I'm giving you what you need for the Valentine's Day celebration. And as your favorite lover girl, if you don't know this about me, I'm a lover girl, period. And I stand beside that. I stand for love and beside love. So I got the nails done to go with it. And I have my pineapple juice because it's still working hours. Mm. Sorry if you heard that. Actually, I'm not sorry. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be talking a lot. So I got to do what I got to do. Anyway, welcome again to episode two of season two. There is going to be more consistency, I promise. But um, the past few weeks, so right after I filmed the, um, recorded and filmed the Christmas episode, life just happened. Remember I told you that everything I was supposed to learn in like seven years, I learned in like seven weeks. That By the time it came out, it would have been seven weeks <laughs> And it was just a lot. Um, But it was a lot in a good way. I'm learning in this season to really rest and take things easy and not not put pressure on myself. As a former overachiever, it's really, really, really hard. But I'm getting there. Talking myself down, you know, comforting that inner child that's still there, telling her, hey, girl, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Like, even to sit down to film this episode, I won't lie to you guys. I was finding excuses to avoid it. I was overthinking it, like, oh my gosh, how's this going to be? Like, I don't know. No. We're here. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about all of the above. Um, If you're not following me or following us, the team on the In Between podcast socials, please feel free to. Um, Yeah. So that's my... My story, that's my excuse. You know, I'm, I'm stating my case, so you so you show me mercy. Also, guess what? I relaxed my hair. Mm-hmm. After being natural for 12 years, I say, you know what? It's time for something different. They say um, when a black, they say when a black woman cuts her hair, um, something's about to change. So technically I did cut it and I also relaxed it. I was natural for 12 years. I'm like, I just want something different. I want to be able to do my hair. That's another thing with... Or that's one of the things with being a younger sibling. (laughs) You never learn how to do stuff like your hair. So when my sister moved, I'm like, hello? Is anyone home? Like, I don't know how to do hair. So what am I going to do? So I went to a hairstylist. She relaxed it. She cut it. They had to use like three tubs of relaxer because that's the kind of hair I have. Glory be to God. And it was interesting. I like it. I'm feeling it. I'm getting used to it. It's honestly kind of giving me fifth grade teacher vibes. But some days it also gives George Washington vibes, like when it's flipped a certain way. So we're still trying to figure out how to make that, how to make that work. But how are you? Did you relax your hair? 
Did you cut your hair? Did you not do anything to your hair? Are you judging me because I relaxed my hair? <laughs> what are your plans for today? Valentine's Day. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a touchy subject. It's touchy because some people are really super into Valentine's Day or they're really against it. And I wish I could say it's, oh, it's only the single people that are against it and the people that are relationships that are super for it. But I know people who are in relationships that are like, Valentine's Day is just a day. Instead of them to say they don't want to spend money, they say Valentine's Day is just a day. And then there's single people like me who are like, I love Valentine's Day. I love the whole hoopla. I love the pink and red and the other colors. I love buying the candy. I love the candles, the gifts. I love all of that. My past, my recent Valentine's days were so interesting. Um, Valentine's Day 2020, right before COVID hit, I had broken up with my ex for like the fifth time. It wasn't the final time I broke up with him, but it was one of them. Valentine's Day 2021, I think I was going through some kind of existential crisis again, but I feel like we all go through that, right? I was in my car I think I was crying. I was on the phone with my friend crying hysterically because of something. I don't remember. But that's the the rewind of, of um Valentine's Day 2021. Or it's Valentine's Day Valentine's Day over the past two years. It's hard for me to remember past twenty twenty past twenty twenty. I'm not gonna lie to you. What happened in twenty nineteen? What was I doing? Valentine's Day 2019, okay, I was with um, my ex. We went to Domino's. And you know, Domino's in Nigeria is an event. If you don't know this, I lived in Nigeria for over four years. Um, it was an, It's always an event. So first of all, it was lit. Like, people were up in there, and I was feeling myself like, oh, my God, my man took me to Domino's and Pinkberry. The Domino's that we had to split <laughs> Let me stop playing. All due respect to him. No, all jokes aside, it was fun. I remember that 2019, 2018. Hmm. I know that it was it had something to do with traffic, and I think my church had an event. But honestly, it's just blurry. I think it's also old old age. You guys know I'm getting old. 27 is old, so that might have something to do with it. But the hoopla of of Valentine's Day, it can either inspire you or it could discourage you. So personally for me, I already like mentally prepared on Valentine's Day to get my thumbs ready to like, you know, romantic posts. Nigerians, you know, I think that's a recent trend though. There has to be some posts. Happy Valentine's Day to the love of my life, my angel on earth, my everything. I, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm getting ready to click read more, like, you know, click through the hashtags, all of that. I love that. But I do see why it can be triggering and frustrating for a lot of people because they're like, when am I going to... <laughs> when am I going to write that kind of caption? And to be honest, I think I said this on my Instagram. You will. I believe in my heart that there's someone for everyone. So you definitely will. Now, if you're watching on online, I'm sorry, I have to put on my glasses because I can't see my notes. And we're going to be here for 12 hours. So let me get my glasses out, child. Let's get to the notes, girl. Hmm. Quick intermission. Take a sip. Actually, I'm probably going to edit this part out because I don't want you guys to to hear me drinking on here. Um, 
yeah i like the post i like it i like the encouragement i also like when people try to turn it into like you know the bible quotes love is patient love is kind love your friends i love the galentine's day i was supposed to be doing galentine's day with my friends here but one of them you know she's probably engaged by the time this goes up she's gonna get engaged um <laughs> we were going back and forth she's like no i won't I'm like yeah i think you're getting engaged on valentine's day or a few days after but she had to go boo love in another state. So we're doing Valentine's Day after. Um, now let's talk about, do we, do we care about the history of Valentine's Day? I, to be honest, I don't. It's a European based something. I literally don't care. I'm sorry. But I know it had to do with love and someone was overwhelmed. St. Valentine himself was overwhelmed with love or something. I, I don't care. I'm sorry. I just, I like that. <laughs> what comes after it or the after effects of it. Wait. In 2022, didn't isn't that when the photograph came out? <sighs> That's with Lakeith and um and Issa Rae. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was good. Okay, let's stay on. Let's stay on track here. So the hoopla of Valentine's Day, I like it. It's another opportunity though for capitalism to capitalize. You feel me? Like Christmas, I, <laughs> they hadn't even finished taking down Christmas decorations. Where I was working at the time, I was um, working as a pharmacy technician in a retail chain pharmacy, and I'm already seeing red stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, it's giving the Christmas vibes, but then I'm seeing hearts. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's looking like next year we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day, like December. We're going to start the Valentine's Day celebrations and, and marketing December 26th. For me, it's, it's another opportunity for capitalism, but it's also an opportunity to show love um, to all. I know that sounds so cliche. And you're like, girl, shut up. I want a man. I want a woman. I hear you. And I feel like that's coming. But there are other ways to show love. Um, my experience with love was very transactional and not just in romantic spaces. Um, familiar as well. I think that's... That's how a lot of our experiences were, especially as um, children of immigrants. And I wouldn't even just say children of immigrants because I feel like even those of us who are continental still in Africa, we have that experience. It's transactional, whether it's like I'm giving you, I'm giving my parents or my guardians um, an accomplishment for them to love me more or whether I'm doing this to get this or whether I'm being reminded that I did this, this, this and this. And sometimes they don't even have to say it. You just feel this urge. Um, to, to do it, to get, you know, to feel, to feel that void and to feel that love. And I think that dictated the way I, I, um, showed love in friendships and obviously how I showed love romantically as well. It was giving very much tit for tat, you know, growing up, what was dating? What was love? Um, if you're familiar with African culture, when a girl is like three, they're already talking about, oh, in your husband's house, in your husband's house. So it doesn't mean that I wasn't presented with the topic of marriage or relationships. It's just we were not allowed to have relationships. So I'm being taught um, how to show and receive love transactionally from basically everyone around me. And again, it's what they were taught to. So I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking it. Are there things wrong with it? Yes, but I'm not knocking it. Um... So I was taught transactional love. I go to college, friendships, very much transactional, very much high, low, that kind of thing. And, and feeling like I have to do more or give certain things or do certain things to maintain that love or maintain that friendship. And then I'm like 21 and I'm like, okay, I guess it's time to start dating. No baseboard, no understanding of 
what love was. And of course, I'm not going to be listening to my pastors or whoever was preaching about that because it's like, yeah, I know you read first Corinthians, but like you slapped that person over there. So please stop, please pipe down. So, you know, I'm sure you're like, okay, but didn't you learn it in other ways? No, it was all the same thing. So (laughs) I'm doing things very transactionally, very much. Um, if I upset you, I'm gonna go to the end of the earth to, um, get your love back. Um, very much conditional love, very much. If you don't do this, I don't love you. I'm going to withhold my love. And, um, in cases where I did, when I, when I would upset people who had, you know, healthy, um, upbrings or healthy situations, they're always like, okay, calm down. It's not the end of the world. But I didn't understand that. I thought I had to do things. I thought I had to, to fill this space or you're not going to love me. Who's going to love me? Um, so my, my conception of love is really, really fresh. It's really new. I think what I knew were what I, what I thought was love was really just, I don't know, kissing butt, like kissing up. I don't even know what the phrase is, but it was really toxic. And, um, and learning that has been interesting because I see how it affects certain relationships that were solely transactional. Um, and I think also with the transactional and the conditional love that I experienced, it left a lot of room for emotional abuse because the people in these situations saw the power that they had over me. Um, because I made them feel, sorry, my, this flower, this thing wants to burn my flowers. Don't you do not burn these flowers. They have to last until Valentine's day. Um, they, they knew the power they had over me. And so, you know, at the slightest provocation, it was a reason or an opportunity to withhold or give love. And again, it wasn't until recently that I realized, no, that's not the way that's abnormal. That's not love. And then having to address that made me realize that like, okay, now that I have a kind of idea of what love is, it's not um, doing things or giving things. For example, if that person's love language is not um, acts of service, then it's just you trying to win their love. So what do I do? I closed off, was very, 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 very afraid. Um, Just this brand new fear. So it's like realization of love realization that okay what you were experiencing before and it doesn't mean my parents don't love me it doesn't mean my guardians didn't love me but the way they express their love is how they how love was expressed to them now do I question the love of some other people later on in my life who you know got on board yeah obviously they didn't love me they just saw an opportunity but um I go from the place of realizing okay this is not love that's not love to this new fear of like, okay, now that I know that this is not love, how do I manage it? How do I receive it? (sighs) It was a lot. It has been a lot because it's an ongoing process. Um, And even back to the whole thing of doing things for love. Also the things I did for love were for validation. So what I thought were, what I thought was for love was also for validation. Like, I needed the people around me to make me feel like I was worthy of love. So I did certain things to get love. Um, And it's like, no, I just exist. I'm God's creation. Yeah, I'm worthy of love. Anyway, we'll get into that later on. So yeah, this new fear, right? Like, how do I, how go take run now? Like, how, how do you, in translation, how do I now operate? 
now that I understand that what I was experiencing was what I was experiencing was not love. What do I do? I went into what is it called? Um, fight or flight mode. I just started protecting myself. It's like an obsession with protecting myself, self-preservation, constantly having to prove, constantly having to show that I'm not the one um, on the receiving end of being treated poorly, even to the expense of certain relationships, even to the expense of seeing how certain friendships and certain opportunities went. Because I'm like, no, nobody's going to say that they pulled, that they one up to me. Um, nobody's going to be able to say that, oh, is it not Eric of then? Like nobody's going to be able to say that. And I just realized it started making me really bitter. I'm like, wait, so I have this desire to get to give love you know and I have this desire to receive love and I'm unwilling to give or receive it because I'm trying to protect myself and because I'm bitter and I'm mad that you know I was treated excuse me I may have been treated certain ways in the past so now I'm gonna just that's how I'm gonna do it but it was so frustrating so let me give you an example. I recently started um, going to a new church. You know, it was time to leave the phase of Operation Husband because I was really the church I was going to before. I mean, after a while, it was like, yeah, you're just here for husband. You haven't seen it. So go find God. Go go experience God for yourself. So anyway, I started going to this church and um, I met some really great people. And I, one of, um, one of the women who has not become a friend, we were talking and I was telling her about something that I'm working on or something I'm planning on doing. She's like, Oh no, I'll definitely come. Like, I'll definitely support you. And that scared me. I was so grateful. I was so touched. Like I almost cried, but I wasn't sure if it was because I was touched or if it was PMS. I can't really tell, but I was very emotional. I was overwhelmed with emotion. I thought that night, I'm, like all these thoughts started coming to my head as I was leaving. And even at night, I'm like, mm, that's how she'll, she'll come close. And then she'll start acting funny. And it's just like, that moment was going to have to be like, girl, okay. So you've worked through realizing that you don't know, you're just realize you're just learning what love is. Now you're terrified and you're like self-sabotaging. So something you, you gonna have to work on that. So I had to be honest with myself, Ake, there's nothing wrong with companionship. The social media world, let me not say social media world because I work in social media. The the new generation, and I think, I can't even say it's the new generation because every generation has been like this has just been presented in different ways. This obsession with the savage culture, the obsession with, oh, I don't need anybody. Oh, I'm a loner. I do my own thing. No, you need to heal. And there's nothing wrong with needing to heal. There's nothing wrong with desiring companionship. It doesn't make you weak. If anything, if you're not able to express your emotions properly, you're not able to express the desire to have companionship, um, you might be the weak one with all due respect. There's nothing wrong with desiring companionship. And I think that's another thing that people get iffy about when it comes to talking about Valentine's Day. You know, they joke about it. They're like, oh... I, um valentine's day uh, um what's this thing on tiktok i'm crying and sliding down the wall like you know they make it into a joke but it's like it's actually a real thing like they feel deeply pained by it and that's okay to feel deeply pained by the fact that you don't have a partner or you might be alone on valentine's day so i just wanted to affirm anybody who's thinking huh am i a pick me if i don't want to be alone anymore am i a pick me if i'm sad on valentine's day there's absolutely nothing wrong with being sad but make yourself happy with old nollywood if you can um 
Another interesting thing I've noticed or I've been hearing the older I've gotten, and again, this is another thing from my platform, social media. This whole talk of, um, how do I explain it? Like, oh, um, it, it happens when you least expect it. Or um, you have to be this, 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 and this way to find love. But the one I want to touch on is that one of it happens when you least expect it. Funny enough, the people who give me the advice of it happens when you least expect it, they were expecting it. They were chasing it. They were chasing it down with everything in them. So I think sometimes we just recycle advice, but we don't really process the thoughts. So if you're not expecting something good to happen, it doesn't mean that, okay, how do I explain this? The Nigerian in me is going to have to use this example. Okay, let's say you're expecting money, expecting a thousand dollars right <laughs> or there's a thousand dollars out there you're not expecting a thousand dollars so is this the best analogy okay let's just see how it flows maybe maybe we'll land at the end you're not expecting a thousand dollars you're not looking for a thousand dollars you're not working for it you're not reaching out to the person who's holding the thousand dollars or even making yourself um open to the vicinity maybe you closed your bank account maybe you closed your cash app or you moved your card from your cash app or whatever the case may be how would a hundred thousand enter your account i changed it it went from a thousand to a hundred thousand i'm done how would the one thousand enter your account but if i'm expecting a thousand dollars i'm gonna keep my i'm gonna open my bank account right i'm going to put my card back on cash app yeah i had to take it off for a little bit you know i had to do my little thing thing but i put it back on i unlocked my bank account and I asked the person who has a thousand dollars for the thousand dollars. That's for the most part how it works. Everybody's into the whole universe thing, or let me not—I I don't even want to address that. But everybody's into that whole thing, right? There's an expectation with that too, if if that's what you believe in, or speaking things into existence, or whatever the case may be. That's <laughs> there's an expectation. We whoever um started that idea, honestly, is. God bless that person, but they're actually causing more pain. Like it causes more harm than good because it also keeps you from doing the work, right? So if you're like, oh, it happens when it least expects it. A lot of times you're still thinking about it, number one. Number two, okay, so if you're not planning, okay, I know in my next relationship or my next friendship, I want to be more vulnerable. I want to be more supportive. If you're not expecting that love or if you're not expecting that opportunity to be to be a friend or to make friends or to to be with someone romantically, you're not going to work on how to be supportive and show empathy. You're not going to work on your self-esteem and your self-worth to make you more open to be supportive. So that advice, honestly, let's dead it. It's not that I won't I won't advise that. Have that expectation if that's what you desire. If you desire partnership, you desire companionship, have that expectation. And don't feel embarrassed and don't feel some type of way. A lot of times when we say, oh, I'm not even looking for love. Oh, I don't even want that. It's from a place of pain. It's because of past trauma. Somebody broke your heart. Somebody offended you. The person you loved ghosted you. Like these, these are um, the cause to an effect you're going to have to heal because 10 years later, you may say, oh, no, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. You're not, babe, you're not. Because a person who's genuinely okay with not having companionship, genuinely okay with being a loner is not going to talk about it all the time. It's just who they are. So I think we need to scratch that um, that whole notion of, oh, it happens when you least expect it. You better expect it. 
what? And you better do the work to expect it. Don't be sitting down and thinking, oh, I'm just not going to practice self-care. I'm just not going to get um, health help with my mental health. I'm just not going to work on my spiritual life. I'm, I'm just not going to address my physical, um, you know, however I feel about my self-esteem physically. And it will just happen. Babe, it's not true. It's not freaking true. And the people who told you, they didn't follow that advice. My thing is in my life, <laughs> let me not speak for you, but the people in my life who told me that advice, if I remember vividly when they were going through the early stages of their relationships or their friendships, that's not what happened. So sometimes even the recycled ideas that we have, we have to be critical of them because what's the basis for them? Um, and in addition to that, the whole thing of um, you have to be this, this, and this way to find love. The only person who can set the standard of who you need to be before you find that perfect love for you, before you find that perfect friendship, and no friendship or love is perfect, but if, before you find that perfect partnership is God and you. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Oh, and let me just be personally for me. Uh, babe, you know, you're going to have to get, you know, drop like 100 pounds or something before love finds you. You're going to have to, you know, get your own place. I mean, I'm Nigerian. I live in my parents' house. Like, that's the norm. Um, I'm not saying it's for everything, but you know what I mean. Um, you need to have this amount in your account. You need to have this amount and this and that in savings. If... You're telling me I need to have $1,000 in savings. It's $1,000. Let's increase. If you're telling me I need to have $100,000 in savings before I um, consider getting into a relationship or getting into a long-term friendship or partnership, what if that's not my goal? What if that's not what I want? What if I want, some, what if I want more in savings? What if I want less? So you set that pace yourself. Again, I, there's no nice way to say this. A lot of the times, people who even get, give you that advice, if you ask them, okay, how were things when you first started your relationship? Sweetie, it was not gelling. Nothing was working. Like, it was not, it's not what they're telling you. Now, some people tell from their personal experiences, personal experiences, and then some people tell from projecting. But one thing, all you people in relationships, all you people that have found your bestie for life or whatever, don't be telling us, oh, you do this and it'll find you. Oh, it happens when you least expect it. That's not true. Don't do that. Don't tell me that. I think um, I'm just going like, to throw a few thoughts of what I think leads to readiness um, from conversations with my amazing therapist, from conversations with my amazing friends, even my sister, we just... I think she'll listen to this when she's done with her exams. But what I've collected from everyone is if you want to take that next step, relationally, friendship-wise or whatever, there has to be a level of readiness. You have to be healed. What is that pain? What is that thing that just made you say, F the world? Um, or let me not say F the world. That's dramatic. Like, F love i know when um like i said some of my personal experiences some things i saw from adults around me not just in my not just in my house but just in general i saw some things that made me say at like 18 or 19 i'm not getting married i'm just gonna have my four children by a good looking man and go um oh i don't need i really don't need friends like these these people are just placeholders until i move on with my life or move on to something better and it's like, no, I was just in pain. Um, you need to have an openness to love. 
you need to be done with manipulation and gaslighting. Done being manipulated and gaslighted and gaslit and done manipulating and gaslighting. Um, I don't think you have to be a saint for love to find you. I really, truly don't. So this is my encouragement to you. Be you. Do the work. Heal. Accept yourself for who you are. Accept love when it comes. And it will come. Thank you for tuning in to episode two. And I will see you next week. Bye for now. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Stay well. Stay beautiful. Stay you in between now and when we meet again. Bye for now.